Megraf Sadio, Carson Sestouli. As he does most weeks, this week, David Lorla, curator of the excellent Q&A series in the electronic pages of Fangraphs, has passed along for our enjoyment an audio conversation, an audio Q&A, in this case with the New York Times national baseball writer, Tyler Kepner. Kepner, of course, has covered both the Yankees and the Mets for the New York Times. Before that, covering the Seattle Mariners for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, writing for any other number of publications before that. In this instance, our David Lorla has captured Tyler Kepner very fittingly on the way to the ballpark. The pair discuss a number of baseballing-related topics. For example, some of baseball's surprise contenders, in which part of the conversation certainly the Baltimore Orioles and Washington Nationals are invoked. Some brief consideration of war, and in particular its place in the AL MVP vote, which of course sees Miguel Cabrera and Mike Trout as the most likely candidates for that distinction. Some other talk of end-of-season awards, including things like Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and Manager of the Year. And also, uh, generally speaking, of course, something of interest to a national baseball writer, uh, this year's top stories, and uh, the sort of most notable narratives that this season in baseball has given us. It's David Lorla, conversation with Times national baseball writer Tyler Kepner, and it begins right now. baseball columnist for the New York Times. Um, Tyler, it is uh, September 20th, which means we have two weeks to go in the baseball season, and um, a lot can change in two weeks, but um, as we stand right now, what do you think the big, biggest story is in 2012 in baseball? Well, um, no, you sort of have to look at the Orioles, uh, really the Orioles and the, and the Nationals, if you want to get geographic about it. Um, I mean, two teams that have, uh, you know, not won very much at all in recent years. Um, you know, going back to the Expos days, uh, that franchise hasn't won in, in, in forever. And, uh, since 1981, and the Orioles haven't had a winning season since 97. So to have two teams in the same metro area, um, do it is, is something else. But the Nationals, at least, I think people can see the progression. You know, the Orioles, um, if they do hold on and make the playoffs and, and even make a run in October, uh, that would be something that I don't think anybody saw coming. And I think that most people would lump the Oakland Athletics in the same category as as big surprises this year. But absolutely, yeah, no, def- definitely, you can't you can't forget Oakland and the, the job they've done out there. That's uh, truly been outstanding. They're having a little tough series in Detroit. Um, yeah, they've been they've been terrific. And an interesting thing with those three teams is none has a strong candidate for an MVP award. Um, the, the American League MVP award is a pretty hot debate right now with uh, Trout and Cabrera, but I'm not sure that Robinson Cano can be completely discounted in the argument. Yeah, I, I think he'll, he, he'd have to be up there, um, but I think right now it, could, it, it seems to come down to those two. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't. Uh, I think it's a, it's a fascinating thing, especially because you know both teams are sort of the same kind of story. Um, they're expected to be a lot better than they are. And, they're in the race, but um, at the moment they're not winning the race. So, um, you know, do you take out that whole winning team element or how, what he's done for his team, which I think is a sort of a, a really weird way to um, gauge the race. And that's how, unfortunately, how most people do it. You know, they try to think, if you take this guy away, how would the team do it? I just think that's, that's silly. I mean, I think there's value in, in um, what you bring to a team with 25 wins or what you bring to a team with 75 wins. It's all... 
it's all uh, with the strength of your teammates. I don't think it should matter in the MVP vote. And I think that's why it's interesting that you get it down to Cabrera and Trout because um, you know they're both on the same kind of team, so you can just look at them as as players independent of what their teammates have done. And when you do look at their value, a big argument would be the fact that Cabrera has a pretty good shot at the Triple Crown, and Mike Trout has a pretty good uh, edge in wins above replacement. Right, um, but you know Cabrera's way up there in that too, and um, yeah, wins above replacement is a great stat. It's, it's you know for all the reasons all, everybody knows, um, you can compare players across eras, and, and it's a really interesting way to look at the game and look at value. I don't discount it at all, but I don't think it's the only um, measurement. Um, I think it's very important in terms of showing the player's overall contribution. And sure, by that metric, um, you know, Trout has, has, has done the most. But I think there's more more in play here, and, and that is the history of uh, the game. Um, you know, and, and, and I know, I, you know, you don't have to tell me that, uh, you know, RBIs are independent of, of just what one player can do, or that you know, um, batting average is a flawed statistic. I know all that, but batting average home runs in the ERA, if you lead in all of them, it's really, really special. I mean, it hasn't been done in a long, long time, and there's a reason for that. And if Cabrera can can do that, um, I, I think he's the MVP. I think I think the historic achievement of of the Triple Crown in, in a sport that where history is so valued. Um, I think that would take precedence for me over even what has been an unbelievable uh, rookie season by Trout. Now, once again, I'm uh, with Tyler Kepner. The National League MVP vote is going to be um, equally interesting. Buster Posey is certainly up there. Andrew McCutcheon, Ryan Braun, David Wright is probably a little bit of a dark horse. But once again, he is right up there and wins above replacement. Yeah, I, you know, that was going to be a really tough one. For a long time, it seemed like McCutcheon. Um, and, again, you know, I, the, the, the team thing, I think, is, is sort of oh, is, is very overrated. But just the fact that the Pirates have just completely fallen apart really dampens everything about his candidacy, unfortunately. Um, as good as he's been and as, as, as well-rounded as he's been. You know, Posey, Posey, I do think you need to um, give catchers a little bit extra credit for the demand of their job. Um, it's just a, a, a defensive position. It's just unlike any other in terms of the amount of preparation of the physical pull. And I know that he plays first base some, but, um, you know, to, to have to guide, uh, you know, what, as usual, is a very good pitching staff. Um, that makes a, a real intangible argument for Posey's case. And I don't know exactly where I come down on it because, like I said, when you have a catcher who's such a great offensive force, too, um, you really have to strongly consider him. But, I mean, Ryan Braun has just been, he's just been a, a tremendous hitter. Again, um, you know, I didn't think Braun should have won it last year. I thought Kemp should have because Kemp uh, brought more, I think, overall to the game, more well-rounded stuff to the game. And then again, I'm not huge on the whole team thing. But, um, you know, Braun, it's really getting hard to overlook how good he's been offensively. Um, and at this point, I, I would probably put it down to Braun and Posey, and I don't know exactly where I'd come out. I would think I would probably tend to come out more on Bra- on Braun's side, um, but I would have to really study it a lot more to, to have a definitive answer. So I think they're pretty clearly short lists for the MVP awards, but when you look at the Cy Young in, in each league, I look at the list, and I almost wonder if you can throw a dart at any one of half a dozen players in, in each league. 
Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't ever think of a Cy Young vote that has been this crowded, um, and, and it's hard to distinguish because you're right. I mean, you could. It's. It's. And I've been writing it. I'm really writing it for Sunday. Um, you know, but it, it's. It's really tough to find much of significance that would distinguish any of these great candidates, and, and there are lots of them. Um, you know, in the American League, it's it's. it's uh, Felix Hernandez and Verlander and Weaver and Fale. Um, you know, those are the four that, that I think, at Price, of course, those are the five that you look at closest. And then nationally, you've, you've got Dickey and Kane and Bumgarner and Hamels and Kershaw and Kimbrell. If you want to go with a reliever, which I don't, but I would be tempted to if I had that ballot. Um, so there's Jen Gio Gonzalez. So there's just so many really good candidates there. I've never seen anything like it. No, I agree completely, Tyler. Um... You know, we could discuss, it would probably take us a half an hour to break down all of these guys. So let's jump over really quickly to the Rookie of the Year awards. Um, Bryce Harper in the National League has obviously gotten the press, but he, is he a better candidate than guys like Miley, Frazier, and uh, and a few others? Um, no, he's not. But he's, you know, everybody in all this will have a better career. It's, it's very much like uh, maybe like Griffey in 89 where he came up at 19 and and was very good, um, you know, and, and, he, and he fulfilled the promise that you expect of him, um, you know, in terms of, you know, foreshadowing how good he was going to be. But I don't think he's the best um, of the rookies. I think it's really mildly. I think it's really tough to, uh, you know, to go in rotation pretty much the whole year. Miley came in rotation, I think, on April 23rd, so essentially the whole year. And to be a really, you know, he was an all-star, but really, you know, a, a number two, Pretty solid number two kind of starter. Um, Miley's been, he's held up all year. I mean, a nice one loss record, obviously 15 and 10, but a good ERA. Um, you know, and, and he's, he has done nothing wrong. I, I think that durable starter who can go all year long and, and the team can count on him. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And, and Frazier's been good and there's been some other ones, but I, I just, uh, I would go Miley. Which is certainly a good choice. Um, it's clear who the, the American League Rookie of the Year will be. Um, Manager of the Year is always tough. Um, I think there's some obvious candidates with uh, with really the surprise teams. It would be hard not to give them to a Showalter or a Melvin or a Davey Johnson. Or is there somebody else who shouldn't be overlooked? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you got to give it to Showalter. Um, Melvin's been terrific, too. I think the Robin Ventura... Nobody expected the White Sox to be winning that division because everybody, myself, expected Detroit to run away with it. So, ordinarily, you know, those are three. Melvin, Showalter, and Ventura. You know, in any other year, they would each of them be a layup um, because the Manager of the Year award so often goes to the team that does more than what most people expected. Um, so I would give it to Showalter. And the other league, you know, yeah, we give it to Showalter because I think there's been such a culture of losing Baltimore, that the White Sox and the A's, even the A's, didn't really have to deal with. Um, you know, they had much more recent success in Chicago and Oakland than they have in, in Baltimore, and that's obviously an intangible thing, but I, I think uh, to take over a team that has had no winning whatsoever and, and to, to have a season like this, I think you give the edge to show Walter. And by that same argument, you could give it to Davey in the, in the, American, in the National League, um, but, you know, I, it's really tough. I mean, you know, the, 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 the Nationals, Reds, the Giants, none of those teams won the division last year, so they've all made improvements. Um, 
But I look at Freddy Gonzalez, and I think that there's a manager who learned from his mistakes last year in terms of overusing the bullpen um, down the stretch and who really did not allow last season to bleed into this one. And that's really rare um, for a team that blows a huge lead like the Braves did last year. I mean, I can't think of any team that blew a lead like the Braves did and then followed up the next season and still won. Um, we think about the Mets in, 0- in 07 and, and, and the Angels in, in 95 and the 78 Red Sox and the 54 Phillies and all those ones you can think of. And the Red Sox certainly in 2011. And they all have kind of plan, you know, they all have kind of hangovers from that. But I, I think the Braves just picked up, uh, you know, on the message that, yeah, we're a really good team. We're a really good team for five months last year. We had a really bad month and it's not going to affect us this year. And when the team plays, when the team seems to embody that attitude, I think the manager should get some credit for that. And on the subject of managers, and once again, I'm talking with Tyler Kepner, Bobby Valentine and the Red Sox are certainly one of the biggest stories of the season, and not for a good reason. Right. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, when you always ask, you know, the story, you think of the good stories first. Um, but that is, in its own way, um, you know, a significant story because uh, I don't know that everybody predicted the Red Sox to win this year the way we all did in, in, in 2011. But uh, you know, there's always it's always right for drama up there in Boston and with Bobby, um, and those two elements just combined to make this a really trying season and a really embarrassing season in a lot of ways, and a season that will not. Unfortunately, uh, reflect well on Bobby's legacy. I, I like Bobby a lot. I think he's a really, really brilliant guy uh, in a lot of ways. But in some other ways, he can be his own worst enemy. And unfortunately, I, I think this is going to, you know, it's, it's just not going to reflect well on his career record. He probably won't be back next year. And, you know, it, it, it's a shame. But it was just a bad mix. And I wish I had, you know, I wish I had. Recognize that earlier. I'm sure a lot of writers and columnists do. Um, just what a sort of uncomfortable mix it was destined to be with this team that loved Francona and accomplished a lot with Francona. And even though they got Francona fired, you know they were never really willing to embrace the new guy. Um, you know, just two terrible seasons by Lester and Beckett. Just you know, awful, awful years that, that really didn't make any better. And Gonzalez doing his thing, you know, at this point, man, the enormous trade that they made with L.A. I mean, one thing after another for the Red Sox. Yeah, they're up there in the top five stories, but not for the, not for the right reason. And one more last question for Tyler Kepner. We're talking stories. Um, recently, Derek Jeter passed Willie Mays on the all-times hit list. Omar Vizquel passed Babe Ruth on the all-times hit list. And I think... Um, neither story really caused much of a stir. They were just footnotes in a much larger picture. But I find both of those uh, very fascinating. Yeah, I mean, those are huge names, obviously. Um, you know, Ruth's probably the best player ever. You consider his pitching and all that. And May is probably the best all-around player. I, but I, I guess the reason they probably don't don't uh, resonate more is the fact that when we think of Willie Mays, we don't just think of him as for hits, you know, like Pete Rose or or somebody like that. Um, and we think of Babe Ruth, we don't think of him for hits, we think of him for home runs and, and, and all the other stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, those are, those are numbers that did pile up for, for Ruth and Mays, but they weren't out there to get hits. They were out there as front producers. 
Um, whereas Peter and Cal, you know, the hit total is, is probably the, the most remarkable line in their of, of their numbers. So, um, yeah, but I think this, you know, this Cal, this Cal hallmark is his defense, and the hits have come along through longevity and, and through being a better hitter than than we all thought at the beginning. And uh, yeah, I just, it's just hard to compare those guys. I mean, it's that. The categories and, and what we know them for don't really match up. Uh, Tyler Kepner, thank you uh, very much for your time on a busy day. Okay, no problem.